Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome back to the I Am Mom podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. We are talking about clearing the clutter. We all take so much pride in our homes, and sometimes our homes become a source of disorganization and stress. And today we have the organization expert with us, Maggie. She is the founder of Chesterfield Organization Co. She's the mother to four active kiddos and a wife to an adventure seeker. So therefore, she needs her home to work for her and not against her. She is a former closet designer turned professional organizer and has worked in countless closets and behind closed doors. And what she has seen is that clutter and disorganization is a key component to daily frustration and overwhelm for all of us. And I can completely relate to this, Maggie, because I just moved this year or last year in December yes. and I've been decluttering for years. So thank you so much for being here. I am so happy to be here. It's always good to chat with you, no matter where we are or what we're chatting about. So exactly. It's yeah. so great to catch up. And I'm so, I'm so excited because there's so much I want to cover in this episode. It's such a, it's such a common issue for so many people. And this whole idea of minimalism that's come around the last few years, it makes us even feel more pressure to declutter. Yes. But there's so much to deal with and we're dealing with life and the kids and life is going so fast and I, the whole idea of everything needs a home, but where is that home in the home, <laughs> right? Yes. yes. So please tell us, so you are the founder of Chesterfield Organizing Co. Where are you located? I am in um, New Jersey. So in the, in the States, in New Jersey, East Coast, um, yeah. So. Amazing. Amazing. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the work that you do, the projects that you work on. Why would somebody call you to uh, work with you? So um, as you mentioned, I was in closet design. Um, and while I was working on those projects, it was more, um, you know, I'm coming in, I am getting measurements very black and white. This is what we're going to do. We need this system, da, da, da. But I found that I just connecting with the clients on another level mm -hmm. was something that I was, I was craving because I could see that it wasn't always the new system that was going to be the change that they needed. And mm -hmm. they didn't, weren't recognizing that, you know, you can bring in new shelves, but if you're not fixing that core issue, of yes. how the clutter comes to be, how the clutter moves through and how that clutter affects you. It doesn't matter what system you put in place. Um, 
you know, because there's a lot of work to do before you're installing a beautiful closet. And so for some people that works that way, but I was finding, you know, I'm, I was going into people's spaces that friends and family weren't seeing. Yeah. And I could just tell that they, there was more support that was needed. Um, and I wanted to be that person. I wanted to get the hands-on. And mm-hmm. when I got into the hands-on, you know, so then I started to shift. People were reaching out to me because they didn't know where to start. Yeah. They were too overwhelmed. They couldn't imagine um, fitting it into their schedule on their own and needed that support. Mm-hmm. Um, so through that, as I was then transitioning into that one-on-one, really we're, we're touching everything in the space. We are processing things. Um, I noticed even then in that environment that being organized and their relationship with physical items, it's not something that we are necessarily taught and it's just missing. And people just assume that they're supposed to know these things. And though it might come natural to me, it's not a natural thing for everyone. And it is, but it is something that I found that you can learn and you can build that confidence um, in your relationship with your things and your space and and how Mm -hmm. that affects you in your day to day. And you, as you were mentioning, you know, just that it's that busyness and that I've always been an organized person and I've always liked things in systems, Mm -hmm. but the busier my life was getting, the more I realized how important it was to reduce my frustration and the more that things do have a place and there's only so much of things the day. I mean, you know, there's things coming at us from every corner all day long. And I can't, and so clutter is not, there's no, there's literally no room in my life for clutter. So. Absolutely. And you've touched on so much just in that one, one comment you just made. I mean, it really is a a mental game, an emotional aspect to Mm. it. And there's also a physical aspect of doing the work and keeping organized. And you're right. It's about building these systems that work not only for us, but for the entire family. Yes. Right. And even after we did this move, I mean, I'm sitting here in my office right now and there's a box right beside my feet (laughs) that hasn't been unpacked. And it's eight months later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not sure how that the contents of that box fits into the system of this organized home. And, And I always thought, oh, I need a bigger home. But now I have the bigger home and it's still, there's things that I don't know what to do with. So my, my favorite um, quote, and I'll have to go back and see who it was. It's just, it's just something, you know, there's just certain ones that you just always remember. Mm-hmm. And it was just that clutter is delayed decisions. Mm-hmm. And in every form, because clutter shows up in our lives in so many more forms than just the physical, yeah. but just that box that you know that you have to put that mental energy into figuring out what's going to happen when you start going through those boxes. So by delaying that, it's just, you know, push it aside, push it aside. And, and that's, that's exactly how clutter builds up. We are just delaying decisions. It could be as simple as putting a sock away, but we don't want to do it right then. We're, we're going to delay it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. we're, we're delaying these feelings. We're delaying these, you know, absolutely. Because 
there's so much sentiment in some of the stuff that we're trying to declutter. So I know you have an amazing system that you use with your clients, and I believe it's called the Coco Organization Strategy. Can mm -hmm. you please share about what that is and how it works? Sure. So um, Coco actually came. So Chesterfield Organizing Co is the name of the company. And then when I would, when I started to abbreviate it on things, I just would say Coco just to keep things, you know, simple. Easy. Mm -hmm. But as I was working through clients and I was finding this repeatable process mm -hmm. that could be learned and it's what my team, it's the same steps that I was doing when it was just me. It's the steps that now it, when my team is working with me, they're going through. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that it was so aligned with just Coco. So it all now stands for something. Mm -hmm. And those steps, those four core steps of first C, clear. Okay. You can clear your mind, clear the space. Because when people are coming to me, they know something has to change. Mm -hmm. Decluttering and organizing is not something that you can put on to somebody else who's not ready. There has to be a part of you that is ready for that change. You don't need to know what's coming next. You just mm -hmm. need to raise your hand and say, I know something has to change. Okay. Guide me, lead me. I will take you there, but you help me. Have to, have to be, you have to say, okay, I'm open to this, right? You need yes. to clear that space and allow that change to come in, whatever it is um, that's gonna take place. And then then the next is to start clearing the space. Mm -hmm. And when we are working in a home as a team, we're really going in there and we're clearing a pretty good size space in a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. But as someone who's just working on their own, you can certainly break this up and it doesn't have to be an all day event, you know, mm. small wins um, just by 15 minute little yes. blurts. Um, so that is, that's the first one, clear, clear your mind, be mm -hmm. open to change and then start to clear this space. And then the O is organized because being organized is very different than decluttering. You know, mm. being clutter-free, living that clutter-free life mm -hmm. will lead you to an organized, but then there are, so, so within that being organized, there's ways, you know, how you're doing things. Um, and then the next is C and that's curate and contain. Ooh. So as much as, you know, we might want to just clear things, but we also want to make our face, our space feel good. Yeah. So when you're, you know, you want to be proud of your space, you want to bring in those relationships that are outside, bringing them into the space that feels, you know, you feel good. It's a reset yeah. when you come home after a busy day. Um, so by containing the things and curating and being really intentional mm -hmm. on how your space and what you're putting in there and how you're displaying things, you know, that's, it's, it all comes together. Cause you want uh, it to look, you want it to look pretty, right? Right, right. You don't have, you know, and there's, you can start out and maybe you're not committed to a certain way that you're doing something. So maybe you're not committed to doing that really, you know, that designer basket or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. but you do want to think about it because if you're going to put the effort into it, if yeah. you want it to be something that you're, that makes you feel good. Um, and then the last is 
O is often because decluttering and staying organized is certainly not a one and done thing. And that is what nobody wants to hear. I was you just going to say that <laughs> I would love to come on here and say, you know, if you do it on a Saturday morning and you are good to go, mm. but it creeps up and it creeps in and you have to stay on top of it. But the more you do that and the more you start to relate to being an organized person and yeah. living a clutter free life, it becomes easier that, you know, as mm -hmm. you know, and you teach your brain has the ability to shift the way that it's thinking and that just becomes easier and smoother mm -hmm. um so but you're doing those things often you're resetting you're there's certain habits and routines that are mm -hmm. feeding into keeping it that way so it doesn't build up um so much and i mean i there's things that end up i have the four kids there are stuff that coming into my house that maybe i did not you know approve or plan for <laughs> yes exactly so there's things that and it and I catch myself and it's that it's yeah. knowing the questions to ask yourself mm -hmm. how when to ask them and the more you do it it's just the easier mm -hmm. it gets but it is it's different spaces require a different amount of you know frequency maintenance so that, that you hit the nail on the head there it's about habits mm -hmm. too and also making organization a part of who we are. So almost changing our identity. Yes. And saying, I am an organized person. Absolutely. And there's a lot of, I have clients who, um, you know, maybe they grew up in a home mm -hmm. and no one that, that wasn't a priority. No one claimed they were organized. Maybe they were even told they were, you know, a mess and mm -hmm. they were, you can't, you can't keep this straight. I mean, if you hear those things enough, yes, you start to believe it. And then maybe you have just given up, but I, I know that it's, it's just, it's following those four core steps mm -hmm. and shifting that mind. And I know that everyone can, can and benefit from it so much. So Absolutely. I, I love the steps. I love that you put it into a system. Mm -hmm. And the first step you talk about, you know, the clear, you have to be able to clear your mind to allow the space to make these decisions that have been delayed. Yes. And so yeah. I feel like it is really, again, that mental piece that we have to start with to prepare ourselves to become mm -hmm. organized people. And, you know, it's interesting that you said about upbringing because I grew up in a home where my mom was a clean freak, very organized. My sister's very organized. And I was actually at one point, I would say obsessive compulsive when I was mm -hmm. younger about cleanliness and being organized. And then when I went to university, I made a conscious effort to train myself to live in mess. Uh-huh. To train myself. Interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. So I went the opposite. But then after marriage... And as you know, I did have years of, of becoming very ill and very sick chronically, mm -hmm. and I, I let things go. And then I lost, I almost mm -hmm. lost that ability 
to be the organized person. And now I'm back at this point in my life where I'm like, no, I've always been an organized person. I am an organized person and I'm going to stay an organized person, but without that compulsiveness to it. So uh, I'm very happy where I'm at right now. Although we can all use more skills in organization. Yes. But uh, as you mentioned, like you don't, you don't know what's coming next in life. Mm -hmm. We cannot, I mean, an illness, a death. um, There are so many transitions, even just moving Mm -hmm. and the going through those when you are living with less clutter Mm -hmm. and more systems is going to make when you're dealing with something else, it that much easier because it's easier to reset. It's easier to come back to Mm -hmm. if things are spiraling elsewhere within your life. And, you know, when you're dealing with those heavy things, coming home to, you know, a cluttered space is not healing. Yeah, absolutely. Because we want our space to feel healing. We want it to feel sacred so that we can unwind we can relax, we can make it this haven for ourselves, this almost like a retreat, because we don't want to come home. And it even involves uh, organizing our family in a way that we all feel mentally clear, right? Right. So there's a lot to it. It, It's, it's, it's not just taking the box and donating the stuff. Absolutely. And there's a lot of energy that's flow. You mean you, you, if you're holding on to the wrong things for the wrong reasons that you are absorbing that energy without even recognizing it. And when, when we're working through items and we're, and you're processing every item, there are some things that just hit hard. And as soon as you start to work through it, you realize why you've kept something and it has very different reasons why you would want to keep something, you know, guilt and just, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, that that's, it's, it's so emotional. It's, and I know, um, Marie Kondo has become very popular for saying, you know, keep the stuff that brings you joy. What are your thoughts on that? So I, I think it's a, it's a great, um, starter, mm-hmm. you know, question, but then I think we can go a lot further okay. from there. Um, because you also have to understand why something's bringing you joy. Mm-hmm. If you're just saying, oh yes, you know, I love that. Oh, I love that. And you're not stopping to really be intentional about your answers for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that could just, you know, I'm not saying anyone has to keep a certain amount of anything, mm-hmm. but if you're using uh, that brings me joy as an easy and delayed decision, <laughs> yeah. then you're, then you're going to, you're pushing it's, it can be an enabler to push things off and address the, you know, got it. What's really at hand. Got it. And, and it, it should involve the whole family, right? Like I do know of a family who has a very cluttered home and one person wants to be organized, but it's impossible with the other family members. So how do people deal with that? So that is so common. Mm. And usually, um, you know, I guess opposites attract because so many times when I'm in a home, I, I so when I am working with someone in a home or virtually, they're coming to me because they themselves personally 
want something to change. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to start with is that one person. It is, I, even if someone says, oh, come and my mother-in-law or my sister is it, I need you to come organize their home. It's not happening. I, I will, it, there's a lot that I have to have the conversation with that person. There's a lot you, you can't force it onto somebody else, but by improving your mm-hmm. own ways, mm. other people do tend to start to pay attention and pick up those positive habits. Um, as long as you're keeping them as a, as a positive and it's not, look what I'm doing and you're not doing, yes. um, taking the ego out of it. Exactly. Um, and you really are trying to just self-improve it, Okay, it's, it will creep out to the others in your space. Um, but at, you know, but you really, you just can't force it onto someone else because it, it can end, end badly. You know, yeah, that, that's a great point. And, and just being that role model in the home yes. and, and not putting the pressure on others, but just doing the best you can for yourself to make sure even to make sure your space is clear for your own stuff. And hopefully it will trickle to the other family right. members as right. well. Right. Because I mean, and kids don't know you also, you do right. have to make some, um, you know, find that balance yes. of understanding how much a a child can recognize their threshold Mm -hmm. and the point of where, you know, they can be overstimulated by too many things. Yeah. Um, You know, finding that balance and being the adult in some situations (laughs) is, you know, no, we don't need the 10th, you know, stuff or whatever it is, but. And, and also giving our kids also that freedom to be able to feel free without feeling so confined to being organized all the time. Yes. Well, and and that on that side, but also giving them the freedom to let go. Mm, Okay. We don't, we underestimate how much our children are making decisions based on what they think we want them to say. Right. So if they have a shirt that they really wanted last year and it was a big deal, but now they are done with it, mm-hmm. they're probably expecting you to say, well, we just bought that shirt. Right. You know, there's a lot of things that we just spent a lot of money on that shirt. We just, oh, you know, grandma gave you that. Mm-hmm. You have to allow them the space too to say, I'm done with this. This is no longer serving me. Got and- it having like a clutter or a donation basket in their room, like little things like that can also promote their, their self, their ability to do that themselves and self-monitor what they decide that they can let go and what they, you know, mm-hmm. having exactly, you know. exactly. I mean, there's, okay. I want to get into talking about some of the areas of our home and some yes. of the things that we struggle with. And I know I'm not the only one, and you probably <laughs> I already know, I don't even know what you're going to say, but I know you're not the only one. <laughs> yes. And I know that there's, I mean, I speak to friends who have these issues. So, I mean, now that we have your expert advice on here, I'd love to get into some of these areas. So what about the kids school stuff? I mean, every year they come home, they have all this stuff. Okay. Projects, especially the younger kids, right? Mm-hmm. Their paintings and, you know, their projects that they did and, I, so I have a a school year book for my daughter that I put her report cards and different things in there, little awards and stuff like that. But her school stuff, I mean, personally, I'd love to just throw it all away. 
how much should I be keeping and how should I store it? So, um, I mean, you have four kids, so that's a lot. Exactly. Which, you know, I get a lot of practice of that. What <laughs> that, that questioning of what is staying and what is going, yeah, um, yeah. first you have to identify why are you keeping a certain thing? Mm-hmm. You know, is it representative of who your child actually is? Or was mm-hmm. that just a project that everyone in the class did and there's no personalization to it? And it's just because it has their, their name on it and their age. Okay. Or was it something that they created and you can really see them coming through? Those are the ones you want to keep. Okay. And the other really standard you know, where I could probably tell you what's in the box before I get to it, because mm-hmm. somebody else in another class is doing that same project. And if mm-hmm. laid out, I really wouldn't be able to pull what my child created. Mm-hmm. I really try to stay away from those items. Or if that's something that is a temporary, mm-hmm. you know, you're holding on to a temporary and you have a space in your house, um, anywhere on Pinterest, you can find, you know, art display examples mm-hmm. of, and maybe you're rotating those every so often, which is also a really good um, thing to work with the kid because then they realize not everything has to be permanent and mm. doesn't have to serve us for a lifetime. Um, so something that maybe they're not ready, ready to let go of right away, you're displaying that and then you're moving on and you're clearing that space. But for things that you do want to keep, you want to just make sure that um, it was their creative outlet. It was something that they put themselves into. Mm-hmm. Um, you can digitize these things. You, oh. um, there's apps, there's, you know, even simple, even if it's a photo, online photo album storage, mm-hmm. um, you can create those. You can create um, coffee table books that take, you know, maybe 40 different projects and put them in so that you can flip through and Mm. see them all at once without keeping all 40 Um, ways to minimize it and break it down a little bit. Um, But really, yeah. And I just so identifying what you're what you're keeping in it. And are you keeping an award because it meant something to somebody else? Or did it really mean something to you and your child? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's just also just digging a little bit deeper. Like, what is what is this representing? Did I, does this represent something that I really was working for? Or was it, you know? Okay. A lot of awards that come also and along with yeah. the projects. Yeah. And, and like, would you suggest even... Uh file folders for things or so, I mean I would say storage. yeah if you ha- the stuff that you do want to keep if it is a physical piece of something that you want to keep um mm-hmm. I would assign one bin per child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know a file box is easy because you could break it down to age yes and so you know you again that's you're bringing that often that's going to be something you have to be putting into there so that it's not all coming together in three years and you don't know what is what, but, um, so breaking it down by child okay. by grade is always a good place to start. Anytime you can break something down and that's part of like that organizing, that's just that, um, you know, categorizing and then mm-hmm. breaking it down again mm-hmm. is, um, is going to be good. 
Okay. Awesome. That yeah. is because that's one that a lot of moms struggle with. Right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it's finding how, how, how frequent are those things coming through? You know, you don't want to just send them to the rest of the, there should be a place that they need to stop and you have to review them before you're just shoving yes. them somewhere. Exactly. Filing, but I mean, piling them up. That takes work. Right. So, so, mm -hmm. I mean, the summer's gone by, I haven't gone through her stuff yet. Right. Yeah. I haven't gone through that stuff. So it actually, I guess a day in the summer or how often should we be doing this? I mean, I, if it is paper organization is a world of its own too. Um, but you need to have something that can also offer you like a visual cue that it's time, you know, okay. time to schedule this in. So maybe it's a file basket, um, or a little folder. And when that starts to get full, if you, if it's something that you're not able to do on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. um, that's always something you could thrive to, you know, get to, but, um, then use that as your visual cue and know, okay, let's sit down. We could, we could be doing this while, you know, over a cup of coffee, we could be doing it while we're watching a favorite show. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of that is something that you can be working through together or on your own doing something else. So, okay. but yeah, you do have to schedule it in. You gotta, you have to make the time. So I'll have to schedule that in before yes. the new school year starts in a few uh, Definitely before the new school year, for sure. <laughs> and then have a place like, so now yeah. in the new school year, when something comes home, where is that going? Awesome. Like, yeah. What's that routine? Where's that? And the, and that's something, I mean, I do a dry run through as where your book bag's going, where's your homework going before the school year, each school year, um, just as a reminder that um, when things come in, there is a certain process. Amazing. That's such a good idea, yeah. right? Where does the lunchbox go when you come Absolutely. home? Absolutely. Don't assume it... they know. Yeah, exactly. And then don't be, don't assume that they are going to remember, you know, yes. keep these reminders and it's, it's a fair thing to do a little, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one with them. <laughs> of course, of course. That's awesome. Okay. What about now Christmas cards? So people send me the most beautiful family pictures. And all of these years, I thought to myself, I'm going to create like a scrapbook with all everyone's growing families over the years, you know, for 10 years, I've been getting this Christmas card from a certain family. And I've seen their kids grow up. But then last year, when we were moving, I realized this is not happening. I am not creating a scrapbook. I'm not creating albums. And then what I did do actually, at that time was I took a picture of each card and I put it into a digital album. Okay. But is that the best way? What, what would you suggest every year to keep the system in place? So again, we have to go back to what, what's the purpose of this? Mm -hmm. When someone's sending this to you, mm -hmm. are they, are you putting on them that they want you to keep it, that mm -hmm. they're sending it to you with the expectation that you're keeping this in your house and in your space for the rest of your life? That's not my intention when I send them out, right? Mm -hmm. What is so really? What do you think that is intention? I'm sure they just want to connect with you, and they want to brighten your day. And you know, holidays are a time that they come through, and it's fun. You can display them, and yes. we have now they're part of our celebrations, and um, you know, it's that touching base and keeping that relationship. Mm -hmm. But if that's the purpose of the card. And then that card goes into a box and it's never looked at again. 
is that really what needs to happen? Um, and now you're sacrificing your space to hold on to something because you feel guilty letting it go. And that's what it all comes down to, yes, right? That yes. is guilt of letting go. It's like um, throwing away that person's family yes. picture, right? It's, yes. Yes. But this is why they, I, this is why I don't send Christmas cards to anybody. <laughs> right. But, if, but maybe if you put the energy in and you said, you know, I'm just doing this because I want that. I just want to say hello. Mm. And it's a temporary, um, you know, you could add to the back, feel free to <laughs> let's go after you're done with it. That's a real, that that's a gift Aww. in itself is giving yeah. someone permission to let go when they're done with something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll, for myself, I tend to hold on to those and for the next year. And then I pull them out. I kind of go through them and mm. then I, you know, and then I, then I actually let it go at that point. It also reminds me of like who I'm connecting with. And, okay. um, but you, you need to have a limit otherwise. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're now just storing things away out of guilt. Guilt. <laughs> guilt. Yeah, exactly. And and we don't want that, right? No, that's, no, because that's that's that negative energy that you're holding on now, right? Because now you're like, well, now I'm. What am I supposed to do this? You know, and there exactly, is the, exactly. Yeah. And then it uh, defeats the purpose of the connection. So I love that you said that. It's it's the the intention is to connect, to say hello, to stay in touch. I it just makes it so much easier to let it go. Yes, right, right. I love that. I love that. Okay, so. Another one is books. I mean, I love books. I love reading. I keep gathering so much. And now I'm in a point, I'm at a point where my books are not fitting in the library that I have. I've actually created another, I've actually created three libraries in this house, actually four, but it's, I have boxes of books and I, do I donate them? Do I sell them? Do I, what do I do? So I come from a family of readers. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we were talking earlier about how you cannot force that on onto something else, I would not have the conversation with two of my family members because they would not, they're not open to that. They're not <laughs> open. However, mm-hmm. if you are open to it, mm-hmm. um, are you someone who actually is going back and reading those books? Are they, are you mm-hmm. sharing these books with someone who's coming back in or are you keeping the books because you feel that the books represents a visual, you know, identity, mm-hmm. you can still be a reader and a book lover without having all the books. You know, mm-hmm. we can still be a lot of things without having the physical. And is it then at that point, it's, are you keeping it? So it will, it, it's proving a point, you know, okay. that you're a reader and that you're, you're, but if you're comfortable and you know that you love books and it's something that you're not going to come back around to, and you know, then yeah. books are meant to be read. Yeah. Get them out. And it's so wonderful because there's so many local organizations now that are collecting just books and they are finding the homes because that's, you know, a lot of times also why people hold on to things because they're afraid that it's not going to go to the right place. Right. And so they want to have the control over where this is headed, but, um, there's so many organizations that are now doing really good things with used books. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what they're meant to do is to read. But if it's, if it's, if books are something that, um, you know, you're, you're going back into, or maybe the books are part of the space that you're curating Mm -hmm. and that's 
that's what that room is about. And it brings you to a certain place of like reflection or mm. insight and, and learning and just growing, then maybe that's the purpose that they're, yes. they're there for. Um, but if they're there just because you read the book and <laughs> you don't want to send it out, then that's another reason. But I, oh. I do promise you can still be a book lover without holding on to every single book because it's becoming, True. you know, it, be, it, it takes over, you know, and it does in multiple does. rooms, right? So like, is there a place that you can centralize that or, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the book, is it a quick pickup book or is it? you know, something you're going to be sitting down and diving into. Mm -hmm. Um, So, oh, I've seen these amazing uh, closets on Instagram and online where they, they open up the wall and it's a library. Like, right. That's what I dream of. Right. So if that, and and if that's you, or if you have that space and you've designated that space because you're actively using it and Mm -hmm. that is really, then that's okay. Like that's, you know, use it, yeah. read them, share them, invite people in to, to borrow them. Um, beautiful. You know, but yeah, that's beautiful. So, and, and, you know, I did put some of the books in my closet, which uh, my own personal closet, because it was, I put, I made a library in there with my favorite books. It's right beside my bed. It's right yep. in my room. Right. So yeah. it's really, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Um, so the next thing is, Okay, with kitchens, it's I I love the pull-out drawers, right? In the pantries. I have that in this home. It's so useful, so helpful. I feel like my kitchen is finally organized. Nice. That's exciting. Yes. And I used to keep I used to keep a lot of small appliances in the basement. Now everything fits in the kitchen. So that's nice. But the one area I'm still not sure about because of these damn, you know, fitted sheets and right. Is the linen the linen closet? What is the best way to organize the linen closet? Because we've got towels, we've got sheet sets, sheet sets that come out with these fitted sheets that I don't know how to fold. Right, right. Um, and so we've got I, hand, hand towels and face cloths and cleaning right. cloths and all that stuff. So, well, I mean, you you just I wanted to touch on everything you just said there, yeah. but um, I actually don't have a linen closet. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, wow. I have a small dresser in my hallway that hosts my sheets, Oh, but I also only have max three sets and that's for my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you have to also identify, are you trying to organize more than you actually need? Got it. Is your washcloth, you know, if you're, if you don't have the space to store these things, is your, can your washcloth do the same thing as your hand towel? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are, are there things that could be multi-purpose? Um, my, the sheets for my children are actually in their room. Interesting. But that has, but you need to have that space. You have to create mm-hmm. it, but by identifying and prioritizing what stays in the space, you're opening it up for you know, something else. So mm-hmm. then if it's the linen closet um, and that is where you are keeping these things, break it down to really what you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, if we're using towels on a repeated basis, towels are not something that we're keeping forever. We're using them, right? So yeah. when, they, when you're done with them, we're going to let those go. And <laughs> then you could bring in a fresh set. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you only pay attention and kind of do a little audit on how much you're actually using. People keep way more bath towels and sheets than they ever really could possibly use. Um, you know, so what are, what's your laundry habit? How much are, you know, like how frequently are you using those? Are you someone who's using a towel every day and fresh towel every day? Are you someone who's, you know, um, just going through them and then doing laundry all at once? So it's going to be, it's going to matter how you're using them and how much you're actually using, mm -hmm. but you know, you could, and you can challenge yourself there. Yeah. You know, you can really say, you know, I could, if I had, if I only had three towels, mm -hmm. then that's what I use, you know, like one's dirty, one's hanging up, one's ready to go for, you know, um, a lot of people are, oh, well, if I have people stop in and then it's guests, we'll also be realistic. How often are you having guests and what does that look like? How many people do you have coming in there? Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of time, like linen closets are also serving um, a place for medicines. Like a, a lot of people's medicines end up in their mm -hmm. linen closet. Um, but when you really break it down to the items that you really just need, mm -hmm. you'll start to see that the spaces make sense. So, and that linen closet is your boundary. That yeah. linen closet is telling you how much you really can keep. We, we may want to keep more, but when the reality, the boundaries that are letting us keep how many towels, that's it. That's your boundary. And you, you can't have more than that. So, you know. Yeah, that someone is... might have a big linen closet. Someone might have a small one, or maybe they don't have any, and it's just a couple towels on a rack in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. so. That is such a great point. The idea of setting, letting our space set our boundaries, and allowing ourselves to set boundaries within our space. Yes, that's such an important point, point. and that's a huge component of the containers. You know, these baskets mm -hmm. are beautiful that are coming out, and they're these designer things, but those serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. It is containing, it is creating those boundaries for you when you aren't sure where yes. to stop. So. Absolutely. Now I have one more and I know we could probably talk yes, for, I for know, hours absolutely. about this. Uh, one more is the seasonal decor items. So Christmas decorations. I like to change my Christmas tree every year, right? Then I've got Thanksgiving towels and Thanksgiving serviettes and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm using bins. I'm using clear bins for mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. What would you suggest? Yeah, I think it first identify where, where are they going to stay when they're not being in use? Mm -hmm. So what is that space? What is the boundary? How much can you keep? Mm -hmm. um, and then keep everything for that season in that space. A lot of times when we're going through kitchens, um, I'm finding a Christmas platter. Yeah. And a, um, you know, a summer lemonade exactly or something, you know, and it's yes. all in this space, but they're not the items that are being used every day because those are, that's prime real estate and you don't want to mm. junk that up because that's mm. just going to make everything else work harder. Mm -hmm. um, so I would suggest finding all of those seasonal items. Mm -hmm wherever else you're keeping them in the house. I mean, some things are out going to be outdoor decor and some things are inside, mm -hmm. um, but bring them and put them together. Cause you're not, I know that if you have this seasonal napkin, yeah. what is the yeah. chance you're going to remember that seasonal napkin is over in 
you know, the left drawer above blah, 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 you're more likely to use it if you open up that seasonal bin Bin. Mm -hmm. and there it is. And then you can put any extras there, you know. Absolutely. I love the idea of, of being very intentional with the prime real estate. Yes, it is. You cannot mess with that prime real estate (laughs) because that is when the day-to-day just, you know, gets out of control because you want to make those day-to-day movements and processes Mm -hmm. of getting, you know, coffee and lunches. And those are the things you don't want to be pushing around Mm -hmm. some kind of seasonal one-time item, which is a world in itself is just those one-timers, you know? So again, like if you have a platter, do you have something, do you have just a platter that's every day that maybe you're adding a temporary like greenery to that's making a little bit more seasonal versus your a cliche image, right? You know, like yes. there's a lot of different ways you can play around and use your everyday to make them more seasonal. Yes, now beautiful. You're not yeah. Such amazing insights, such amazing insights that we've gotten for you today. Because we don't think this far when it comes to organizing our home. Right. Right. We, we do need people like you to give us these types of insights for sure. <laughs> right. And I've seen a lot of it. So, yeah. Amazing. So how can our audience find you and even work with you? Do you have anything coming up? Maybe small group programs or, or one-on-one? How, how can they find you? So most active on Instagram, you can always find me there. And if you're trying to get to the next place and you just can't, but I mean, if you put in Chesterfield Organizing Co, you'll find me Um, in person. I'm still working in person, but I'm really excited because because I do know that it is something you can learn Mm -hmm. and having that support and that accountability when you're working through it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a small group clear the clutter Academy that is going to start mid September. Um, so that is going to be a small group that we're working through those four steps and really embracing it and working through the habits and the routines and those, um, beliefs and those thoughts that all go into long-term success. Mm -hmm. It's not just that one Saturday project that it's, that's you're becoming that person. Um, so that's, that's, I'm excited. I'm really excited for that because I know we can dive deep and really make some, some big changes. Oh, that is so exciting. And, and it's amazing because you're now working, working virtually, you're available to anyone. And that is a beautiful way to scale your business. So I'm really, really excited for you and excited for all the people that are going to be decluttering their homes and getting organized because to be honest, it is such an important aspect of our lives and to allow us to become efficient, to allow us to focus on our dreams and take action on those dreams because we have a clear space to do that in. Absolutely. And I want everyone to take that message away. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to leave with today? Um, just that by you will learn so much about yourself When you start to declutter the physical items that you start to see it show up in different areas of your life, in your relationships, in your priorities, in your commitments that you have on your calendar, Mm -hmm. you really will start to see how living with that intention and working through questions is 
applicable everywhere down to your inbox down to your email inbox you know <laughs> oh my yes the email <laughs> inbox is another one that it's just it's sometimes truly overwhelming at one point i had over 200,000 messages that i had to <laughs> declutter in my gmail i, I got it down to 5000 i was so proud of myself oh my goodness so yeah but once you get those four core coco steps yes you can it anywhere Oh, that's, uh, I'm so, this was such a valuable conversation. Thank you so much, Maggie, Absolutely. for this information, this insight. All of Maggie's links will be in the show notes. Please check out the show notes. Check out her Instagram at Chesterfield Organizing Co. And we will be back next week. And happy decluttering, everyone. Yes. And you take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.